Welcome to the podcast, Flumma Diddlers. This is John and Keith, your overnight experts to share with you another fabulous topic. Keith, what we got on hand for me today? What's up, Flumma Diddlers? I tell you what, John, I got we got something great today. What is? Well, let's start like this. Name some inventions that are essential to our modern day life, John. Um, let's take it back a few days. How about some light bulbs, maybe? Personal computers, airplanes. Yeah. Are we tracking? Uh, automobiles. Uh, we're going back up to modern now. Cell phones, TVs. I don't know what I'd do without my flat screen TV hanging on my wall. Especially yeah. with football season coming upon us, man. I'm hyped. Yeah, absolutely, man. And I tell you what, there's an invention that we kind of forget about that made cell phones and flat screen TVs and a lot of other things possible. And that is LED lights. LED lights. Man, I like me some lights. I like red lights, blue lights, green lights, ambient lights. You know, one, thing I, one thing I like about it, man. What? It's like we're in the future. We are back to the future right now. Right. Absolutely. I mean, when, when I used to watch those sci-fi movies when I was a kid, one thing I liked about them was just how cool they looked, you know, how cool the future looked. It's not necessarily about what they can do or what it's all about. It's just how cool everything looks. The visual allure. Yes. Of such and things. LED lights makes that possible. And um, so let's start out with how they work. What right. exactly is an LED light, John? Well, I know what it stands for anyway. It stands for a light-emitting diode. Right, and i got to give you props. You knew that before we even started researching, yes, and that was you. way more than I knew and probably more than what most of our listeners will know. But, yes, light-emitting diode. Um, so what is that? What the, what the heck is that thing? Well, the definition of it from dictionary.com is a semiconductor diode that emits light when conducting currents and is used in electronic displays, indoor and outdoor lighting, etc., so does that have anything to do with like you know you got your neon light stuff like that you run your current through a gas and it emits a certain frequency of light that kind of thing no okay, not, never not mind. that i know of i did not research neon lights i'm sure our readers will oh actually we don't have readers do we we have listeners though and we thank right. you for listening flumma diddler so if we've screwed this up already let us know about neon lights if you want right like, hey i love neon lights that's cool too but I, I believe those work with different gases and stuff like that uh, LED lights uses something else called electroluminescence. Electroluminescence. I like saying that. I so electro, too. so you've got electricity that lights something up. Electroluminescence. Right. What is that? Yeah. It, technically, not technically, exactly what it is, <laughs> is light emitted from a passing current. You can't prove that, Keith. That's what our buddy Sean would say. You can't prove it. You don't know that. But actually, we really do. So if Sean listens to this... Shh, be quiet, Sean. This is observable phenomena. You can improve it. We've seen it. And in a nutshell, basically, free electrons in a four-bias PN junction recombine with electron holes, which is where electrons could be. Mm -hmm. And since energy in those holes is less than that of the electron, uh, less than that of the electrons, then energy is dissipated by emitting heat and photons. Which Clear is as mud. Light, exactly, clear as mud. Now, I get that. You know, energy transfers, whatever. The current turns into whatever. I, I see. We got heat and light. Right. So in certain materials, such as like silicon and germanium, the diodes release energy in the form of heat. Heat. But in gallium arsenide phosphide and gallium phosphide, they release, pho they release photons. So those, are, those last two are the ones you want to use 
to make light. Let there be light. And there was light, and it was good. That's right. Hey, I, I tell you what, something's real cool about this, though. It's a lot of the materials that you use are crystalline in nature, so they're crystalline. crystals. What does that remind you of, John? Using using crystals for light. Oh, lasers. 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 Right. Something, like something in particular, though, I'll give you a hint. All right. Luke, I am your father. Yeah, the, those things. You know, <laughs> yeah, the lightsabers. Lightsabers, man. Yeah, man, Star Wars, on. the movie. I lost it. I, I like, had a brain fart there for a second. Right, I got two boys, so you know, I'm all about some Star Wars. And um, one thing I've learned, somehow or another, watching Star Wars, reading Star Wars, I have no idea. But at some point, I learned that lightsabers were made using crystals. Okay. Yeah, so it, it kind of makes you wonder, you know, this technology has been around a little while. Me and, me and Shugs, our, our unnamed hero, Shugs, he, he, me and him had this debate one time about, like, does these movies, these sci-fi movies, do they get their ideas from technology that's out there because they're researching, right. or do these movies show a need for technology and the people start, you know. Yeah, some of your best fi- sci-fi can be fairly prophetic, Technologically, right, but Shug doesn't. He doesn't believe in that. He doesn't believe in crystals or sci-fi. I don't think. Even if you can observe the phenomena, he's it's a it's a plot. Right. But anyway, it, it just makes you wonder how those things well, come about, though. Like, are you know, are there sci-fi things that actually are self-fulfilling prophecies? People Could see, be. they watch them, they say, "Hey, I want that," and then inventors start to invent based on a a need in the communities. All right. For instance, people really want a hoverboard. Hoverboards, and they have been trying so hard to make a hoverboard. That's a whole other podcast. But what I'm saying is, though, they're trying because they think people want it, right? But in this case, though, I'm thinking that maybe oh George Lucas and um, Steven Spielberg, maybe they had seen that these LEDs were made with crystals. They invented LED lights. I think George Lucas invented LED lights, didn't he, Key? I mean, that's what I saw in my research. Awesome. That's a bunch of flummadiddle, man. There's some flummadiddle. Come on flum-a-diddle. now. No, but um, so different wavelengths created by different band gaps in the electron bands cause different colors. I got that. So that that's, makes sense. that's done by using different kinds of these crystalline materials. So, Keith, we think of uh, LED lights and such things being a fairly modern invention. Would you say that's the case or not? Yes and no. I mean, just like any good invention, it, research was built upon research. And uh, so you can trace it way on back to 1907. 1907? Yeah, that is when electroluminescence was discovered. Electroluminescence. And uh, this British scientist, his name was H.J. Round from Marconi Labs. H.J. Round. He was uh, doing some work with like radio transistor stuff like that, and he noticed that this diode had a light. And he was like, oh, "Man, what what's going on here?" So he wrote this letter. He wrote a letter to I can't remember who it was. He wrote it to uh, to the editors of Electrical World, right? So John, why don't you read that like in a British accent or something? Since he was oh British. man, that'd be pretty bad. So here is uh, Britain by way of the American South, you might say. Now nah, I'm not even gonna try it, Keith. I can't do it. How about you can do it? During an investigation of the unsymmetrical passage of current through a contact of carborundum and other substances, a curious phenomena was noted. On applying a potential of 10 volts, 
between two points on a crystal of carborundum, the crystal gave out a yellowish light. Only one or two specimens could be found which gave a bright glow on such a low voltage. But with 110 volts, a large number could be found to glow. In some crystals, only edges gave the light, and others gave, instead of a yellow light, green, orange, or blue. In all cases tested, the glow appears to come from the negative pole, a bright blue-green spark appearing at the positive pole. In a single crystal, if contact is made near the center with the negative pole and the positive pole is put in contact at any other place, only one section of the crystal will glow in that same section wherever the positive pole is placed. There seems to be some connection between the above effect and the EMF produced by a junction of carborundum and another conductor when heated by a direct or alternating current. But the connection may be only secondary as an obvious explanation of the EMF effect is the thermoelectric one. The writer would be glad of references to any published account of an investigation of this or any allied phenomena. New York, New York, H.J. Round. So they wrote him back and they said, dude, I don't know. That's, that was their response. I'm surprised they didn't say, dude, you're full of crap. Yeah. That's Prove it. Show it to Show me. it. I don't believe I, you. You didn't observe that phenomena. You didn't observe that. But anyway, he had seen this, and he was just kind of like, what is this? What he was observing was electroluminescence. And uh, so that was the first uh, documented case that we know that we have seen electroluminescence. So the first time this phenomenon was observed, observed, or phenomena. Ah. So the first actual LED invented came from a Russian scientist named Oleg Losev. Oleg. And then uh, the first practical visible LED, though, wasn't until 1962. All right. 1962. Right. And that was by Nick Holonyak, Jr. GE called it the magic one. It was magic. Yeah. And actually, they wrote on the back of it, the magic one. Just just make sure everybody knew that's what they called it. magic. So it was red, and they could also make it orange. And right. uh, so we got red and orange. Right. Not a lot of practical use for it, but the next year they tried to sell it for like two hundred and sixty dollars a pop. Two hundred and sixty bucks a pop. I can get a pretty easy cell phone for that price these days. Stuff exactly. comes down. Man. They, they got a lot of LED lights in there. Sure does. So, so um his student though, uh M. George Crayford or Crawford. Yeah, let's go with either one of those. Maybe both. Tomato Crawford. tomato. Crawford. Cicada Cicada. Yeah, anyway. Crawford. He invented the first yellow LED, and then he also, at the same time, improved the brightness of the red and orange LED by a factor of 10. 10? 10. So now it's getting to be something where you can have practical We're headed in the right direction here. So this is, uh, that was about, that was in the 70s, I believe, about 10 years later. Um, So that led to some practical uses, which, some practical uses, which led to a higher demand, which led to a greater supply. Which right. led to a Dude. price drop. There you go. Drop it. Drop it like it's hot. So some of the practical uses, what do you think, John? What, what Back then, what was the LED lights maybe used for? Um, how about circuit boards or calculators? Right, yeah. Some in digital watches. Speaking of calculators, man, those things used to be expensive. I remember my grandfather had one, and it had the glowing red LED lights. That was in the early 70s, man. That yeah. was some serious, crazy business. So that was like that one was of voodoo. The, right. That was one of the first practical uses of these LED lights. Um, so, And also in telecommunications via uh, via VLC, which is visible light communication. Now, they had so. they had VLC before that, but they were using these incandescent lights, which was very slow. Um, LEDs can switch off 
a million times a second, making it about 500,000 times faster than using the incandescent light. A million. Light. So that's big for communication. That's a whole other podcast, though, this, you know, VLC, visible light communications. But dig it, dig it. All right. So let me ask you something, man. We've talk, we're talking about moving this into the modern age here, into the modern day, and they're starting to be practical uses. So we've got red LEDs, we've got orange LEDs, and we got yellow LEDs. But like we have more than that now, right? we got green and blue and all this other stuff. So what's up with that stuff? Right, absolutely. So think about this, John. What's the three primary colors? Uh, red, blue, and green. Not green, no, yellow. yellow. Yeah, yellow. <laughs> that's it. See, I, hey, look, we're the overnight, what are we? The overnight experts. We're not experts in everything. We're your somewhat li- reliable source of information for most, most things. things. So, not for primary colors. The thing is, though, is you would think that, like, once they get these three primary colors, then they can make any color, but it's not exactly, I don't think, how it works. Right. Like, they, they use different materials to make different colors, but they did have two of the primary colors they had red and yellow and then they had orange which they were able to tweak those to make orange um but there's one color that's missing and that's the blue and that's blue that's the big one man that's the one that was kind of hard to make um and it actually it didn't happen until 1994 i mean now we're getting up more modern you know we're going from 1907 when electroluminescence was first First discovered discovered. now 1994 when we actually have kind of a complete range there with the blue. Now, there was a guy who invented the blue in 1972. I believe his name was Herbert Paul Maruska, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Where'd you pull that out of? Man, I don't know. I don't know the primary colors, but I know Herbert Paul Maruska or whatever his name is. You, you know. farted that one right out of your butt. <laughs> so, like, his, though, was not very bright, so it wasn't, it wasn't bright enough for practical use. So we'll give him a little note in our podcast, but he's not very important. But here's the important guy. Suji Nakamura. Nakamura of the Nichia Chemical Corporation in Japan. You gotta say it with that Japanese flair. Suji Nakamura. Of the Nichia Chemical Corporation. Nichia Chemical Corporation. In And he invented a bright blue LED. And that's when everything changed, Brother Keith. That was a game changer, man. It, it, you know, and let me just first go to how he discovered it. Cause it's it, it like he won a prize for that or something? He did. It's, you know, just a little prize. It's called Nobel Peace Prize. All right. Yeah. So kind of a big deal there. You know, who would have thought that someone who invented the LED light, an LED light got a Nobel Peace Prize. That's pretty but cool. telling you, man, you don't think about how important it is, but backlighting for cell phones, flat screen TVs, all that stuff, made possible because of the LED light. So it's kind of Not cool. to mention hybrid Bluetooth LED speaker light bulbs, yeah, which is one of the greatest modern inventions. Yes, you're talking about the thing at that certain store that we like. Yes, indeed. What's that certain? It's store? a German, so we can't say their name, but they're they're a, maybe of German descent. And it starts with an all, and it and ends with a D. There you go. And that's all we can say. That's all we can say. But but, but yeah, there is a, a Bluetooth speaker. Which Bluetooth speakers are awesome in themselves. We're gonna have to do some Bluetooth speaker stuff. I geek out on lights and speakers and right. headphones and stuff. So what's cool about that is they took something that was already awesome and made it look as awesome as it is as it is by putting LED light on it. Absolutely. So um, 
Anyway, let's go into how this guy discovered this because it's kind of neat. There may be some flammadil about this because I only found one source that said this, but okay, it was said that um, any great, dis- like any other great discovery, he stumbled across it while he That's was possible. Yeah, and he was looking at crystals through an electron microscope. Okay, and um, what the problem was before is you had to grow these crystals big enough to make it bright, and so he, nobody could grow them big enough to get it bright enough to be usable. Right. Well, as he was looking at it through the electron microscope, the electrons from the microscope actually stabilized the crystal and made it to where it could grow big enough. All right. So it's kind of like by accident, but he, he learned, though, that the electrons, that just kind of zapping it with electrons, would make it big enough to be able to use. So Well, that's a pretty good happy accident. Absolutely. And so why do you think the blue LED was so important, though? Because it, it led to something that made it very important. What was that? Well, Keith, let's see. Let's look at our light bulb there. And it doesn't look blue, green, orange, whatever. It looks like it's white. White. The white LED. The white. That's the that's big like one. That's the, the next that, game changer, that's right? The, that's the big one. That's the unicorn, man. They were all That's the holy for. grail. Yeah. That opened up a whole new world. A whole new world. Sing it, Keith. I see you're feeling in your heart, brother. I'm flying on that magic carpet, man. <laughs> Tell you what. Uh, so with the wide LED, we could have backlighting for the elect- electronic devices such as the, the smartphone. There you go. So they like a smartphone. Most, right. most of the kids do these days, you know. Yeah, they don't ever look at anything but that. So exactly. I think they like it pretty good. Sure do. But um, there's three different ways to make that LED, right. that wide LED. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're only going to go into one. Because Is there a cost-effective way? Yeah, and that's the one we're going to go into. All right, let's do that. Since it's the most cost-effective, it's also the most widely used method. Um, they combine the blue with yellow phosphorus to make light that appears white to the human eye. All right, so they're kind of cheap. So they got the blue, and they're putting a filter on it, basically. Yeah, something it's a like, gas a, like a new, yeah, a new mil, uh, I can accept material that. there. I accept that. Um, do what you got to do. I would like to know there were two other guys that are – co-recipients of that Nobel Peace Prize because they helped them in their names was Asamu Akasaki. Can I, say, I want to say this one. Hiroshi Amano. Yeah, let's say them again just for fun. All right, go ahead. You get you got one. Isamu Akasaki. Hiroshi Amano of Nippon. <laughs> so, um, Man, that's it, man. That that was the big deal. The the white LED was then invented, and uh, you know, just like any other invention, it takes a little while to get those things to market. So that's why it brings it up to pretty recent. You know, it's pretty a fairly new. So let invention. me ask you this: So we've gone from the incandescent bulb. That's the big thing, right? Thank you, Tom, for that. We appreciate you. Then we've moved along to the compact, compact your compact fluorescent bulbs, Keith. That would be compact, also, right? So you know, big push towards that. You know, we all like to be energy conscious. We, we like to do our part to make the earth a better place, all that kind of good stuff. So we've got the got the light bulbs, but now we've got our LED light bulbs coming down in price. Yeah. Where we've got those in our little but office I, here. But well. I have to say that, that what you just said, though, is kind of a common misconception. We did not really move from the incandescent light bulb to the fluorescent light bulb to the LED. Okay. Actually, the LED light, like I said, this this whole thing we've been talking about has been in the making ever since 
pretty much, I mean, it was right after the incandescent light bulb was invented. But so it's, it's a, a parallel lifetime. It is. Events. It's a whole separate thing. It's not an evolution from the incandescent light bulb. I got you. I got you. Um, so let's say some other applications. We've already mentioned smartphones and TVs. And uh, some. there's some obvious uh, uses such as uh, light bulbs and flashlights. Like uh, it. Love and geek out on flashlights. Right. That store that we talked about earlier that we can't say that starts with a all and ends with a D. Yeah. They got some cool flashlights every now and then. Those aluminum tactical looking thing. Man. We should get them to sponsor us, dude. We need to. We're we'll like to. eat their products. Like while we're doing, we'll like eat their stuff and drink their stuff, and people can hear us munching and slurping right Absolutely. here. Absolutely, that'll make them want it, and they'll go. And then, all right. So, John, why? Um, what's so important about the LED light bulb? Why is it better than an incandescent light bulb? Well, we know for sure. I know a couple things. And I actually knew this before we started. I know it uses substantially less electricity, yes, energy. 25 to 80% less energy consumption. And it lasts forever. Yeah, they say two to 35 times longer. And not to mention something I don't know if we do have, not just the endurance of last longer, but my grandfather, he had an auto body shop growing up, and they had those big old bulbs, those big old rough service bulbs. 100 200 watts but man you could barely bump that thing they're so fragile the filament and stuff but leds are like super strong you know you drop it on the floor there's nothing to shake and break and and because the way it works is they don't put off as much heat either you know you're talking about them bulbs like you say your granddaddy oh yeah Yeah, lots of heat man that'll that make i used to squirt those with my water gun watch oh they bust yeah i didn't do that but once oh goodness you got your butt whooped, didn't you? I was in trouble. A little bit of trouble. <laughs> All right, so some other uses, maybe some telecommunications that we've already All mentioned. Right. Circuit boards. How about toys? Toys. Yeah. Flashing toys. Kids yeah, got to have flashing toys. Man, babies are becoming more and more ADHD because of Cause LED, LED lights. lights. Man. The irresponsible manufacturing should... of toys with LED lights. Now, it's not LED lights' fault. It's the idiots using them. That's right. In improper ways to we control the some, minds of our children. We should do our own research on that. Does flashing LED lights and baby toys cause ADHD? Well, it can't help anything. Who knows? I don't know. But um, what about design, man? Design in cars, homes, and even my own design, John. I've been making some some LED stuff myself. Like that little Batman thing with the... Right, absolutely. I took a piece of plexiglass. All right. And I uh, etched on it with a it. with a rotary tool, like a Dremel kind of. Yeah, gotcha. And so I etched a Batman symbol, and then I put a LED light strip underneath, and it just lights up that that Batman symbol. And I, I put that on my wall. It's, it's really neat. I'm Batman. All right, there he is, ladies and gentlemen. He doesn't have much to say tonight, but he just wanted to make an appearance on the podcast. He lo- Batman loves LED lights. He's got them all over the Batcave, all over the car. They're everywhere. Absolutely. They're, I, u- they're ubiquitous, if you will, in the bat areas absolutely. of existence. And I will try to post some pictures of that on the uh, our Facebook page and on our website at doyouflumadiddle.com. Dot com. So, Keith, if I'm not mistaken now, I love this idea. Whatever genius thought of this, it's wonderful. I don't have it. But if I'm not mistaken... You had something that made those little nighttime trips to the bathroom not only easier, but much more fun and enjoyable. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. You're talking about my toilet bowl LED light. <laughs> I love it. I got to get one. 
I love my my toilet bowl LED light, but I think I peed on it too much because it's broke now. It's broke. <laughs> well, that's okay. We'll get another one. We'll get another one. Just think if you had had an incandescent toilet bowl light, it wouldn't have lasted one night. That's true. So that's, yeah. that's all right. It's going to work. It's going to be okay. But, yeah, it was kind of neat. It had some dual purpose. It made my toilet bowl look awesome, and also I could see to pee, but not good enough, I guess, because I peed on it too much. So what about this, man? I think in our in our studies we found out that the LED and the incandescent bulb kind of have a parallel history, but um, is, is there any other way that Edison might be wrapped up in this whole story? Yeah, interestingly, interestingly enough, Edison came across um, the phenomenon of diodes where a current will only travel in one direction while trying to keep his filaments from burning up. And uh, he fixed the problem with a metal plate on one side of the filament hooked up to a positive charge, and he didn't really know what was going on there. And I don't know that he actually observed the electroluminescence, but he probably did and didn't even realize it. But he actually patented the idea and he didn't have any practical use for it. He's just kind of one of those guys. It's like, hey, this might be useful. I'm going to patent it, and somebody right. has practical use for it. I'll make a bunch of money. So, um, But later, his modified light bulb more or less replaced the resistor in a DC voltmeter. And um, so think about how close he was to actually discovering electroluminescence himself there. Though. I'm just almost glad he didn't, Keith. I know. I'm glad he didn't. He's got enough credit. He's got really. enough. He's got enough. So yeah. let me throw this at you, Keith. So for a lot of people, LED lights are just kind of everyday, ho-hum, whatever, you know. We're just so used to them. Stuff, as my, my word for the day is ubiquitous. ubiquitous. They're all around us, Keith. What'd They're you call everywhere. me? I can't say it again. We've got children listening. There's, uh, You're ubiquitous. Hey, don't call me ubiquitous. <laughs> <laughs> y'all, y'all just don't get it, do you? Come on now, listen to us. The LED light. You just don't understand how important it is. I don't think they understand, yeah. Keith. I'm hoping after listening to this podcast, they won't just look at that little light bulb and think, oh, there's a light bulb. But if I'm not mistaken, Keith, let's just let's just hit them with how important this is. Atlantic Magazine, I guess, came up with a list, right? Right. Of the most important inventions in the history of mankind. Since the wheel. And so yeah. I'm guessing that since that's the standard, the wheel is uh-huh. probably the number one most important invention in humankind. That kind of set things rolling. So on that list, the humble little LED light that now lights up your bedroom, your toilet, your Bluetooth speaker. 3,704. No way, dude. No. Much more important than that, Take 3,700 off that. Number four. Four. The fourth most important invention since the freaking wheel. That is crazy. That's pretty neat. Yeah. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. And uh, I think another thing to point out is that, like, People don't realize how recent. I mean, it's kind of like people think we just had these things all along. You know, people don't realize how recent these things have really come into our modern day way of life. These darn kids, they have no long view, Keith. They have no long. I mean, you know, my kids, is, they have been around probably since they've been born, so they have no idea. At least since they've been born, if yeah. not a little bit before. Well, man, I can't believe it. The number four most important invention since the wheel. Pretty awesome. I like this topic. I like lights. What you think, Keith? Absolutely, and if you want to know more about LED lights, do some research, you know, look it up, and check us out on doyouflumadiddle.com. Hey, guys, email us, too. We need your ideas. Ideas are good, man. Mm-hmm. Ideas w- are good. We want to do podcasts about what y'all want to hear about. I mean, Exactly. We do this for you guys, so 
You can email us at doyouflumadiddle at gmail.com. And remember, that's 1M, not, not 2. Because 2 is a dessert. Dessert. Yeah. Thank you again, ladies and gentlemen, for listening to your overnight experts, John and Keith. Keep flumadiddling. Keep battling the flumadiddle. There's lots of flumadiddle out there, Keith. We're and we're trying to clip the, uh, you know, equip the people to do it. It's just like the we're kind of like the Foo Fighters of podcasts. Right. Before the Foo Fighters came along, there was way more Foo than there is now. Right. Absolutely. But they fought it. They fought it. So now there's way there's lots of flumadiddle out there, but we're equipping you to fight the flumadiddle. Right. And we're like the uh, Spartan soldiers of busting through the flumadiddle. I like it. Absolutely. The Spartan soldiers of flumadiddle busting. <laughs> All right, y'all. Well, we love you. We appreciate you. God bless. Take care of yourselves and be sure to listen to the next podcast. Peace.